Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on these domestic church media radio stations and all of our other platforms upon which we broadcast. I am praying, my friends, you're having a happy, holy, and blessed December 8th the Feast of the Immaculate Conception 2020, and I thank you for being a part of my day. And uh, again, thank you all who participated in our Radiothon last week. We're still uh, on cloud nine after uh, seeing just the outpouring of love and support uh, that you showed us and that you continue to show us because I'm Still every day getting a stack of mail, people responding to our Christmas mailing, our newsletter. And um, boy, oh boy, my friends, I, I, can't th- I can't thank you enough for all you do for us. Uh, it is so important right now to have this apostolate, to be, have a, a Catholic media outlet that is going to bring you the truth, uh, a truth that is uncompromised, uh, never watered down, and, and just proclaiming the love of Jesus. You know, uh, uh, last week, um, for those three days, we, we, we just thank the Lord every single moment for you and your response to our pleas. And I'll talk a little bit more about that because I want to, you know, the number of people I do want to thank again. Um, let's first pray, though. And uh, we are continuing to pray our prayer for the United States of America. And I want to share with you, if you're not aware, there's an event taking place this Saturday that I think every person of faith should be aware of. Uh, we'll talk about that. But let's let's pray and thank the Lord um, for the gift of this country and ask the Lord to please protect our country from the attacks of the devil. Of course, on this day, the day that we celebrate the Immaculate Immaculate Conception of our Blessed Mother, it is under that title, as you know, that she is patroness of this country. So in a special way today, we go to Blessed Mother and we ask her to, as the prayer prays, present uh, the country to the Most Holy Trinity during these very, very trying times. So we'll pray this prayer and our other prayers, and I invite you wherever you are. Of course, you know, in in the stacks of mail that I'm getting daily now, thanks be to God, (laughs) which is overwhelming, and I I say that in a nice way, Um, so many of you sending us your prayer requests, and and I am gathering them, my friends, and I promise you that uh, throughout the rest of this Advent season into Christmas that I will bring them into the chapel with me each day, 
the morning prayer, evening prayer, sometimes during the day, day prayer, on the weekends I'm here, uh, that I will pray for all of those intentions that you sent in. Uh, of course, Bruce wasn't here yesterday. We gave the Bruce the day off yesterday because last week, you know, a three-hour, a three-day, 12-hour per day uh, behind the mic marathon can be very trying. I still, my, my uh, throat still tickles a little bit. Um, over the weekend, of course, it was so irritated and, and, and tired. Um, I was coughing, and, and uh, I still every now and then get a little tickle in the back of my throat uh, just because of the irritation. That's what, that, what causes that, and, and it uh, creates uh, some, some phlegm and things. And just anyway, <laughs> we're getting better. But we didn't want Bruce to get behind the mark, mic yesterday and have to do another hour after having just done all of that time with us last week. So, um, but we're praying for for uh, all of your intentions on a regular basis. And, and Bruce will be here uh, the third Monday in December, God willing, to to pray for you. Uh, so we'll pray for our country and our other prayers. And I invite you wherever you're listening or watching. Of course, we are coming to you live on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Domestic Church Media. Also coming to you live on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. This is live video. And on our homepage, we're streaming live video as well at domesticchurchmedia.org. As well as, of course, our radio stations and all of our audio platforms, our free mobile app, our streaming audio, uh, Amazon Echo and Google Home devices, uh, all uh, streaming there as well. So let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate, in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its blessing and its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America, grant us peace, have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of our nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray our uh, prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the uh, Subtum Presidium prayer uh, to our Blessed Mother. Both of these prayers, Holy Father, asked us to pray um, daily with the specific intention of protecting the church from the attacks of the devil, but we've, of course, added uh, to protect our country 
from the attacks of the devil. And so we be, we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, amen, amen, my friends. I say thank you so very much to all of you uh, last week, last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday during Radiothon 2020, who so generously responded uh, to our request for support. Um, I am always overwhelmed. You know, we weren't sure uh, how that would work out. Um, of course, in the pandemic year, number one, uh, but also the end of the year after the presidential election, people uncertain of the direction the country may be taking, uh, finances, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, our mailing had gone out, our, our Christmas mailing had gone out uh, a week before. But, you know, again, it was all done in prayer, and um, the Lord always spoke to my heart, just cast the nets. Just cast the nets. Don't be afraid. Just put out into the deep for a great catch. And that great catch, my brothers and sisters, as a result of your generosity, will go a long way. You know, we've said it last last week when we were in the middle of the Radiothon, but it it's true. I mean, it, we, we can't mean it any more than we do. That this is what we need in order to continue to operate. And you have shown us by your, your generosity. But you know what else, especially as I open up these envelopes that I'm receiving each day? I mean, a stack, I'm talking, I'm talking stacks of envelopes. And I open them up and you, so many of you take the time to jot little notes down and little thank yous, and thanking Cheryl and me and everyone here at Domestic Church Media um, for doing this. And I, 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 it really warms my heart. You know, we don't do it for thank yous. We do it because we know the Lord is asking us to do it, and there's a need for it. And there are so many people who are hungering uh, to hear the Word of God proclaimed boldly and without compromise, in these days of darkness, in these days of uncertainty, in these days of deception, how much we need to hear about the love of Jesus. And that's that's what it all comes down to. That's that's what it's all about. You know, Mother Angelica says, we're in that little spot, the essence of evangelization is to tell everyone that Jesus loves you. And that's what we do. Jesus loves you. That's why we're here. You know, I was, I said, I had gone to the, the post office earlier today and I got another stack of mail that you so generously sent our way. Uh, I, I, I'm just overwhelmed by that. And as I was going through the mail this afternoon, I had on our station, of course, 
And if you were with us at 2 o'clock, you know, we played another hour of Christmas music. And I was thinking, for me personally, what peace that was bringing me. Because, uh, you know, this year, I, I think we all fear, uh, in, in many ways, what this current uh, pandemic situation is going to do to our Christmas. We saw what it did to our Thanksgiving we saw what it did to our Easter back in the spring, and I think a lot of us are thinking, what is it going to do to our Christmas? And already we're seeing threats, official threats of shutting down, you know. And, and uh, But let's not let this situation rob us of our Christmas joy. You know, I find myself, I was telling Cheryl yesterday morning, I said, I, I, I'm usually, I, I'm not, Usually a pessimistic guy. I'm, I'm pretty much a, a glass half full and always trying to see the bright side of things. And I've been pretty good throughout this pandemic, but I'm starting to get cranky. <laughs> I'm starting to let it really affect me to the point where I, I found myself today coming back from the post office. And every time I saw one person, one person in a car by him or herself with the windows closed, driving with a mask on, yelling in my car saying, take that mask off. <laughs> It's like, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> you know, uh, you're in the car by yourself. The windows are closed. You don't need the mask. Take it off. <laughs> I'm getting cranky. I'm getting cranky. But I don't want this situation to rob us of our Christmas joy. And so whatever we can do, whatever part we can play here, and, you know, we can play a major part in this by at least playing Christmas music, real Christmas music, not the, the garbage that they're playing on other stations, you know. Uh, and I, I don't mind the songs about Rudolph and, and his Frosty and, and White Christmas. I mean, they're, they're, they're standards, you know. But it's this other junk that, they still, that people are writing and recording now, like Mariah Carey screaming about what she wants for Christmas. Just stop singing that song. You're screaming. You're giving me a headache. <laughs> stop it. You see, I'm, get, I'm turning into an old curmudgeon that we play here at the music that really sings of the joy of the season, the joy of why we celebrate, why we have Christmas in the first place. And I'm hoping that will, as we now move day by day closer to Christmas and we play more and more of it, that it helps you as well. That it's just something that, you know, we can. it's, it's still that little sense of normalcy that we have that we can be a part of, that we can help, as well as all the other programs that we'll bring you. And, you know, and as we get closer to Christmas, there's a whole lineup of um, special programming through the network that will be broadcast and things. Um, but let's not let the situation rob us of our Christmas joy. Uh, you know, um, I, 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 th I think about now that I'll, my birthday is, is later this month. My birthday is the 23rd of December. And I'm not afraid to say I'll be 66 years old, so I'm, I'm getting up there. But... Um, as I was listening to the Christmas music today, I was thinking of the, the story that my mom used to tell uh, about the day and the time I was born back in 1954. As I said, my birthday's the 23rd. I was born at 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night on the 23rd. And in those days, some of you uh, women may remember, in those days, back in the 1950s, <laughs> when a woman went into the hospital to have her baby, she stayed there for a week. My mom used to say it was like a vacation. 
They didn't rush you in and out. You know, there wasn't any of that insurance stuff. But my mother would tell the story. And if you're from Jersey, especially North Jersey, like I am, uh, those of you listening uh, my age, uh, it's most likely that you were born at the Margaret Haig Maternity Hospital up in Jersey City, where <laughs> half of New Jersey was born there. It was a wonderful maternity hospital that was built, I think, in 1938 and was open, I think, until the mid to late 70s uh, as a maternity hospital. But that's what it was. It was There was such a, a, a baby boom and a need for it. It was just a hospital that was just a maternity hospital. <laughs> and when you walked in, because I was doing some research about it. I didn't know much about it. I knew I was born there, obviously. But when you walked in the lobby of the Margaret Haig Maternity Hospital, I read, there was a big um, stained glass window of Madonna and Child, the Blessed Mother and Baby Jesus. And this wasn't a Catholic hospital. This was, this was a hospital that was built on, on public, with public funds. But see how times have changed. So there was this, this big stained glass image of Mother and uh, Madonna and Child, Blessed Mother and Baby Jesus. So there wasn't any problem with, you know, uh, crossing the the line of, uh, you know, faith and religion. But when I was born, here's another example. When I was born on the 23rd, the next night was Christmas Eve, of course. And so what the nurses at the Margaret Haig Hospital did was they took all the brand new babies. I was one of them, just a day old wrapped us up, <laughs> you know, in our, in our swaddling clothes and brought each mother her new baby, uh, you know, in the maternity, again, it's maternity hospitals. So lots of, lots of brand new moms and, and brand new babies there. So they gave each mom their brand new baby on Christmas Eve. They turned all the lights down low. They, they uh, lighted candles and the nurses, my mom, my mom told me the story, that the nurses were then walking through the hallway, carrying the candles, singing Christmas carols, and went into each room with the new mom and the new baby and sang, and then went to the next hallway, the next room. And that's how they allowed, that's how they celebrated Christmas Eve at the Margaret Haig Maternity Hospital in, on Christmas Eve 1954. You wouldn't think of them doing that today. They wouldn't be allowed to. Because they weren't singing about Frosty and Rudolph. They were singing Christmas carols. <laughs> Imagine that, what it must have been for those new moms with their brand new babies. Seeing these angels come through with these lighted candles and their white uniforms singing Christmas carols. And what great joy that brought to the moms and my mother always said that's why she thought because I've always, I've always loved Christmas music. She always thinks that's why because that that was my 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 first exposure to music back then was was this beautiful um, angelic choir that came through the maternity ward singing Christmas carols. And I was thinking about that today as I was listening to our music playing over the radio, 
And, of course, you know, with our radio stations, we reach so many uh, people in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and how many people hopefully were being touched by that. How many people were being brought to maybe memories of their childhood, hearing those Christmas hymns and Christmas carols? How many people remember their their days when their, their own children were little growing up and the excitement that you would feel around this time of year? I miss that. You know, we're missing that right now uh, because we haven't been able to, to really spend time with our grandchildren. We have a, grand new, a, a brand new grandson who was born on the Feast of the Holy Rosary back on October 7th. We haven't even held him yet because of this virus situation. But let's not let that situation rob us of our Christmas joy. You know, it's a, yes, it's still Advent, and, and Advent is a wonderful time of joyful anticipation, you know, um, where we get ready, we prepare for the joyful celebration of Christmas. But we're already being told by the powers that be that there are threats of shutting things down again and you know, limiting the numbers of people who can gather, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not making light of the virus. I'm just saying that I think, you know, we are responsible adults. And we're free. And we make decisions as responsible adults. Whatever that decision is. And, and we respect the rights of others. And we, you know, it's a... But it's just such a, a an odd time and a difficult time. But let's keep Christmas the way we've always kept Christmas. Let's not let the situation rob us of that joy. It's even different at Mass. I know. The church is different, even. But I'm hoping that what we do here for you, and this came out, you know, many times last week during our Radiothon with the personal witnesses and phone calls and things, and I'm reading it now as people write to me with their donations, how much they appreciate this station being here. And again, my brothers and sisters, I said it last week, I mean it. It has nothing to do with me personally. We're just saying yes to what the Lord has asked us to do. And been doing this. I've been doing this personally now for 25 years. This is my 25th year of Catholic radio, and I wouldn't have done anything else, and I wouldn't have done anything any differently. <clears throat> I, I sent to uh, uh, our three children today, and our three children are all grown up, obviously. Um, it was on this day in 1984, so 36 years ago, this day that the ad appeared <laughs> in the newspaper. Those of you familiar with the area, the New Brunswick Home News up in New Brunswick, the ad that I placed for a piano player <clears throat> appeared on this day, December 8th, 1984, and it was answered, obviously, by Cheryl. Uh, and I sent that. We still have the ad, and I sent a picture of it to my three children, and I said, if I hadn't placed this ad <laughs> when I did, and mom hadn't answered it when she did, you three not, may not be here. So, thank God for the way things work out. And I'm praying, my brothers and sisters, that what we do here will have eternal effects for you and for others, people whose lives, and we heard it last week, and again, I, 
One of the one of the comments I remember last week from one of our listeners who said that she went to confession for the first time in many, many years because she had been listening to my program and I was talking about confession and I was talking about confessing your sins to Jesus himself, not to a priest, but the priest who was there in persona, Christi, in the person of Christ, and inspired this soul to go back to confession. You know, and I, I remember vaguely teaching that on the air, and, and I, I, I just remember going with what the Lord was asking me to, to say. I, it was, you know, none of these programs are written out. I don't sit down and script them. I just come to you <laughs> as the Holy Spirit for words uh, for an hour every day that I'm with you. But I know that's how God works. You know, I know that's how God allows us to do what we do here, to reach so many people that I'm sure I'll never even know about until one day, God willing, I get to heaven and find out. I had someone tell me that one time, a wonderful priest who said, you know, Jim, you'll never know the effect your work has had until that day you get to heaven and, and, and find out. And again, I, I, don't, I don't do it for any any any. Any glory, I, I just do it to serve. And so last week when you, our faithful listeners and family, came through for us in such a, a great way and still are because I'm, I'm still, we're still getting donations as a, as a result of our Christmas mailing, it just lets us know that you want us to be here and that God wants us to be here. So I want to take this opportunity last week First of all, um, Bruce DeBacco, who for three days uh, sat behind the mic over here across from me at 12 hours each day. And I I, got to tell you, you know, God, it's only by God's grace that we could do what we did. 12 hours of live radio is not not easy, I can tell you that. It's only by God's grace that we're able to do it. But Bruce always does such an outstanding job. So thank you to Bruce DeBacco for uh, giving up his time and talent uh, to be here and share those gifts with all of us for three days. And his lovely wife, Linda, who was in the background, um, but she was in prayer across the hallway in the chapel. She was walking around the building with holy water, sprinkling it regularly <laughs> to keep keep the old boy out of here. Um, and she did a great job in her prayer and, and uh, just her presence here. Of course, Cheryl as always, who uh, for those three days uh, was on the air with us occasionally and, and getting other things done in the background. Uh, we had a wonderful team of volunteers off-site. And again, because of the pandemic, uh, it wasn't a usual Radiothon environment. Uh, we didn't have anybody but the four of us here in the building, but our volunteers answering the phones, taking your phone calls were all off-site other, in other parts of New Jersey and, and Michigan as well. Um, just wonderful, wonderful volunteers who, who again, gave of their time. And uh, God really uh, gave us all his grace to do what we had to do, to do what had to be done uh, to accomplish his work. You know, and our prayer in the beginning of the Radiothon was always that the Radiothon is successful according to God's will. Now, not success by my measurement, but by God's. He knows what our needs are. He knows how much we need. He knows from whom we need it. And we just give it to him, 
And those three days last week showed us once again that domestic church media is, and I say this in humility because I know we founded it, but we founded it based on an inspiration from Almighty God, that domestic church media is anointed and special in the eyes of Almighty God for the work that's being done here in Catholic media in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And again, I say that very humbly. I don't say that in any braggadocious way. I say that meaning that I understand that it is a, an apostolic work, and it's a work of God. And so for the many years that, that we've been in existence and the many years we've been doing what we've been doing, we've had people come and go. We've had people who have been here a long time and then go. We've had people who have been here for a day and then go. But we all know it's all part of God's plan. We have people, of course, like Cheryl, who's been with me from the very beginning, Bruce and Linda, who have been here for a number of years now, and a wonderful board of directors in the background who you never see, but who for so many years have been so supportive financially and in so many ways to me personally uh, that allows us to be here. So thank you to everybody for last week for Radiothon 2020. Uh, We appreciate all you did for us, all you still do for us, and I promise you that we will work faithfully to continue to bring you the truth of the gospel, the joy of the gospel here on these domestic church media broadcasts. Let me take a break. When I come back, I had a few things lined up. Of course, I have a little rambled over time, but that's all right. The Holy Spirit led me in that direction. But stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. There's more to come on Come to Me. Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations.
60 seconds with Mother Angelica. He got a satellite dish for pornography. So he took a beer and a sandwich and he sits down and puts on his favorite uh, pornography station and he said, there you were. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he said, what's that damn nun doing on that? <laughs> so he's mad, he's very angry and he turns the dial and there I am. <laughs> And now his heart's beginning to beat just a little bit, you know, and he turns a dial, all 52 channels, there I was, looking at him, oh, tight. Oh, well, he said he turned it off, and he walked the floor of the night, his heart beating 100 miles an hour. He said he couldn't sleep. He got up early in the morning, and he went with the confession, never watch pornography again. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. From Ewing to Union Beach. Sargentville to Spring Lake. Percocet to Point Pleasant Beach. Heightstown to Humeville. Eatontown to Englishtown. Pine Beach to Penn Valley. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception 2020. And let's see. Uh, well, I had a few things here, but um, I know, first of all, I, I don't know if you're aware, but this coming weekend, there's something very special happening. Um, it's called the Jericho March. Did you hear about that? The Jericho March. Um, it's going to be taking place around the country. Um, Jericho marches taking place from 9.30 to 10.45 a.m. simultaneously. Um, I'm sorry, around the, the U.S. Capitol, the Supreme Court, and the Department of Justice. And they're going to march around the building seven times, each of those buildings. That's this coming Saturday, which, by the way, is the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And she's the patroness of the Americas. So from 930 to 1045, this coming Saturday morning, marches, Jericho marches simultaneously around the U.S. Capitol, the U.S. Supreme Court, and the Department of Justice, marching around it seven times and praying for the walls of corruption and election fraud to fall down. 
just as Joshua and the Israelites walked around the walls of uh, corrupt Jericho. Following the simultaneous marches around these buildings, patriots and people of faith will converge on the National Mall for the prayer rally, and they're calling it Let the Church Roar from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., where they will hear from national faith leaders, political leaders, and uh, musicians. So check it out, JerichoMarch.org, JerichoMarch.org, this coming Saturday. So I don't know if there's any organized um, uh, trips from our area going down there. Nothing was brought to my attention. Of course, we've been out of pocket for the past week. But uh, anyway, if you can't be there in person, you can certainly join them spiritually. That's this coming Saturday, 9.30 to 10.45 a.m. They're going to have these Jericho marches simultaneously around the U.S. Capitol, the Supreme Court, and the Department of Justice. And they're praying for the walls of corruption and election fraud to come down. So let's give credit to the power of prayer. If you hear a roar Saturday morning, you know what that is. Uh, But if you can't be there, you can certainly join spiritually, uh, uh, 9.30 to 10.45 Saturday morning. And you can check out the website. It's jerichomarch.org, jerichomarch.org. You know, I mean, let's let's face it. We've we've heard a lot about corruption, alleged corruption, suspected corruption, um, uh, verified corruption in the election, and this is not the country we we want to live in. <laughs> it's not the country I want to live in. I you know, yesterday we we remembered the 79th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor that brought us into the Second World War. My father was in the Second World War. As a result of Pearl Harbor, uh, he joined the Navy and fought for three years, as did so many others and so many who lost their lives fighting for our freedoms. They were fighting for your right to vote and my right to vote and have a, a, a free and fair election. That's what they were fighting for and fighting for a vote that counted, a legitimate vote and legal vote that counted. And if that's being threatened and abused, it has to stop. But here we have people of faith who are putting the power of prayer at work and to work. You know, we see a lot going on behind the scenes with the legal battles and the lawyers and the, you know, the lawsuits, etc. But let's not... Take God out of the picture. Let's let God do what God does as faithful people. So uh, 9.30 to 10.45 on Saturday, you're going to have patriots and and prayer partners gathering and circling the U.S. Capitol, the Supreme Court, and the Department of Justice seven times, just like uh, um, at Jericho and bring those walls of of, of corruption and fraud down. 
the church, you know, the church roaring in prayer. And if you can't be there, you can be there spiritually. Now, of course, on Sunday, my friends, it was the first Sunday of Advent. We're now in the first week of Advent, and our Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, gave his Angelus Address on the first Sunday of Advent. I love Advent. Uh, it's always been a favorite season of mine because of that, as I mentioned earlier, that joyful anticipation of Christmas. There was something, you know, when you have little, especially when you have little children in the in the house, this is the time of year that... You know, you can see the undercurrent of joy that's just waiting to come out Christmas morning when they come, uh, you know, and see the, the, the tree and, and all the goodies that were left under the tree. Well, you know, in our faith journey, we need to grow, obviously, into an adult understanding of what Advent and waiting is and what the joy of Christmas Day is all about, that we should have that same joyful anticipation right now, spiritually, as we prepare for Christmas, which is just two weeks from Friday. And we should have that same joy as adults that we had as children on Christmas Day celebrating the birth of our Lord. And so Holy Father on Sunday gave a teaching in his Angelus saying we should ask for the gift of conversion this Advent. The Holy Father described Advent as an itinerary of conversion. Now he acknowledged that true conversion is difficult and we are tempted to believe it's impossible to leave our sins behind. The Holy Father said we can do uh, what we can do in these cases when one would like to go but feels he or she cannot do it. First of all, remind ourselves that conversion is a grace. No one can convert by his or her own strength. Pope Francis said it's the, it's the grace that the Lord gives you, and thus we need to forcefully ask God for it, to ask God to convert us to the degree in which we open ourselves up to the beauty, the goodness, the tenderness of God. And here, too, this is something as adults, right now, we can be doing in our prayer life. Go to the Lord and ask the Lord for the grace that we need during this Advent season to convert. You know, conversion is, as St. Pope John Paul II used to say, conversion is a lifelong journey. It's just not a, a one-time, get-thrown-off-your-horse type of St. Paul deal that, uh, you know, all of a sudden life changes 180 degrees. Conversion is ongoing. And as we begin this new liturgical year that is the Advent season and prepare for Christmas, we're reminded of that, that we need to get ready for the coming of the Savior. Pope Francis uh, meditated on the Sunday's gospel from Mark, describing John the Baptist's mission in the wilderness. Did I say this was the first Sunday of Advent? Is, is it the second Sunday of Advent? <laughs> I'm, I think it's right. It's the second Sunday of Advent. What am I saying? It's the second Sunday of Advent. Oy, oy, oy. 
See, that's where my clock is off after the Radiothon. Um, but anyway, in this second Sunday of Advent, uh, I am I am right. It is the second Sunday, right? <laughs> yes, it was, I should say. Mark uh, Mark's Gospel, he reveals to his contemporaries an itinerary of faith similar to the one that Advent proposes to us, that we prepare ourselves to receive the Lord at Christmas. This itinerary of faith is an itinerary of conversion. And he explained that in biblical terms, conversion means a change of direction. In the moral and spiritual life, Pope Francis said, to convert means to turn oneself from evil to good, from sin to love of God. It's what the Baptist was teaching, who in the desert of Judea was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You know, and we think about John the Baptist, that voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, get ready. You know, here we are. See, this is how fast Advent goes. I'm saying it was the first, already the second Sunday of Advent, which means this coming Sunday is the third Sunday of Advent. Oy vey. How fast is that going? But we're called to get ready. And maybe maybe this year, because of the virus, maybe this year because of the continued pandemic and all that it's bringing with it, it's forcing us to change things a little bit, not a little bit, a lot in many ways, where we have to just slow down and, and pace ourselves and say, okay, I don't want to rush through this. There's a lot to do. But I want to savor the season. I want to savor this time of preparation, getting my heart ready for the coming of the Lord. Getting my soul ready for the Lord's arrival in whatever way that's going to take place this year. Because we, we don't even know if we're going to make it till Christmas, some of us, Right? I mean, let's be honest. We don't even know. Our Christmas may come, but not as we expect it. We may see the Lord face to face before we see Christmas Day 2020. We don't know the day or the hour. We don't know when the Lord will come. But if we're so blessed to be able to see Christmas 2020 in whatever way that comes to us, whatever way we can celebrate it this year, we know that our heart and our soul do not change. They're there. They're a place in which the Christ child can dwell, not just on Christmas Day, but throughout the year. Holy Father said receiving baptism was an outward and visible sign of the conversion of those who listened to, the, uh, Saint John, or to John's preaching and decided to do penance. The baptism occurred with immersion in the Jordan in water, but it proved worthless. It was only a sign, and it was worthless if there was no willingness to repent and change one's life. The Holy Father explained that true conversion is marked, first of all, by detachment from sin and worldliness. 
He said that John the Baptist embodied this through his austere life in the desert. You know, he was living on locusts and honey and wore a camel hair garment with a belt around his waist. Just out in the desert, that's how he lived. Holy Father said conversion involves suffering for the sins committed, the desire to free yourself from them, the intention to exclude them from your life forever. To exclude sin is also necessary to reject everything that is linked to it. The things that are linked to sin, that is, one must reject the worldly mentality, excessive esteem for comforts, excessive esteem for pleasure, well-being, wealth, he said. These things will mean nothing to us one day. It's all going to turn to dust. We could gather up as much as we like here in this world, my friends, but we're not taking it with us. In fact, as, as uh, you know, I shared with you a couple weeks ago from Father Groeschel, that a quote that he said was from, I think it was from St. Francis, but when we leave this world, we only take with us what we gave away. So we can gather all the things of the world and feel that we have and we possess enough to keep us happy and, and, and you know, have a life that, that uh, is, is carefree. But it means nothing. We have to detach ourselves from that. The second hallmark of conversion, the Holy Father said, is the search for God and his kingdom. Detachment from comforts and worldliness is not an end in itself, but is aimed at, at obtaining something greater, namely the kingdom of God, communion with God, friendship with God. So detaching ourselves from the world is the start. But now we need to seek the kingdom of God, communion with God, friendship with God. And the Holy Father said it's hard to break the bonds of sin. He cited in, in, uh, discouragement, malice, unwholesomeness, and unwholesome environments, bad examples, as uh, ob- obstacles to our freedoms. He said at times the yearning we feel toward the Lord is too weak when it almost seems that God is silent. His promise of consolation seems far away and unreal to us. The Holy Father said, and so one is tempted to say that it's impossible to truly convert. How often we have heard this discouragement, no, I can't do it. I barely start and then I turn back. This is bad. But it's, it is possible, Pope Francis said, it is possible. And, you know, again, that's the journey. Uh, here we are, second week of Advent. Have we done things that detach ourselves from the world and worldliness? Have we done things in our life that have uh, enabled us to seek God's kingdom? You know, we are called in this world to build up the kingdom here on earth. Right now, it's tough because, in many ways, we feel like we're on our own, don't we? You know, I, I mean, I go to Mass, and I don't like wearing the masks at Mass. I don't like it. I do it. I don't like it. It distracts me. 
and then I go up to receive, and I sometimes forget to take the mask down. I have the sacred host in my hand, and I, it just it just doesn't flow for me. We don't sing hymns. I hear the word, but I'm distracted many times. It's my own fault. So all even all of that is a hindrance in our journey. I, you know, I'm very blessed that we have here, of course, our chapel with the Blessed Sacrament and the Tabernacle, and I can be here in my little chapel, mask-free, <laughs> just Jesus and me, in prayer, conversation. But it's always my prayer this time of year that that Advent slows down, that I, I don't allow it to escape me, and that in the process I can do what I can to uh, get rid of any worldliness that I may have and allow myself to grow spiritually. I have a lot of growing to do spiritually. Because we all have those peaks and valleys, those ups and downs, those very, very strong highs of, of, of spiritual life and those, those darknesses that we find ourselves in sometimes. And Advent is a time in our own preparation where, you know, we see the battle is real. And this season reminds us of that struggle. You know, we're trying to get ready. You know, Cheryl and I were noticing in our neighborhood uh, over the weekend that a lot of people already have their Christmas lights up. But this year, more than years past, we seem to be seeing a lot more Christmas lights, bolder and, and, and more extravagant displays on people's homes. Is it because people are trying to create a more festive season, a more joyful season, which is great because it enhances, obviously, that. But unless we're getting our souls ready for the dwelling of the Christ child, all of that will mean nothing. It'll mean nothing. It's just lights. But if we're not getting our soul ready for the coming of the Lord, if we're not getting our life ready, for the coming of the Lord. All of that will mean nothing. It'll just be empty lights. So in that preparation that we're making, in those preparations that we're making, I'm, I'm praying, my friends, that you allow us to be a part of that in whatever way we can. You know, we're going to be doing more and more uh, uh, Christmas music for you every morning now at 6 o'clock. We have it on and every day at 2, but I'll be adding to that. Of course, on the weekends, we do a lot of it. As background in your whatever you do to get ready, if you're decorating your home or preparing your home or even in your own personal meditation, you know, with the music playing in the background and the hymns that sing of that little night in Bethlehem, that silent night, and we hear about the angels singing about the birth of the Lord. Whatever that can do to help enhance you, I'm, I'm hoping it does. But it takes more. You know, it starts with prayer. It starts with a lot of prayer. 
and meditation and just quiet time, turning the TV off even, yes, even turning the radio off at times, <laughs> and just some quiet time with you and God in the silence of your heart. You know, that's, that's how it begins. That's how you begin to feel the presence of God and let that feeling expand and let that then lead you and guide you in this journey. Christmas is only two weeks from Friday. Today's Tuesday, right? So uh, a little over two weeks away. And we don't know what it's going to be like this year. <laughs> we don't know what, what the environment is going to dictate to us. But we know that we can have Jesus in our heart. They can't stop that. They can't prevent that. That's up to us to ensure that that happens. Don't let the government or the governor or anybody else tell you you can't do that because you can. Open your heart to the beginning of this beautiful season and let the Lord in. Okay, I got to go. I will be back tomorrow. Holy Father has declared this year as the year of St. Joseph. So I'll share with you tomorrow some of those words, tomorrow being Wednesday, the day for St. Joseph. Uh, have a great rest of your holy day today, Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Um, I'll be with you again tomorrow, God willing. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Bye.